The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Get your lineup set. It's time for Start or Sit. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Welcome to the show, everybody. Today, we are talking about Dynasty tight ends, stat corrections. What? And mostly start or sit for the AFC home games. We'll try to figure out who's going to play, who's going to play for four quarters and whatnot. Welcome back. It is Thursday the 26th. Heath Cummings and Ben Gretcher here to talk start or sit today. Uh, we'll have Ben and Jamie and Heath on tomorrow. Uh, Heath, Merry Christmas. How was, you, your, how was your Wednesday? You can't leave that hanging there like that. We've received what? dozens of messages about the Ryan Fitzpatrick, Christian Wilkins play that we all thought was a fumble but was a passing touchdown and was not corrected. And many people just heard you open the podcast with stat correction, and they were playing against Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they were hoping that they now won their fantasy football championship. You did not. The Christian Wilkins fumble thing was not corrected. There's something else, and it's not that consequential. It probably didn't change. Okay, that's all. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a minute. Hold on. Before we get to bed, I'd like to hear from Ben. What... The Ryan Fitzpatrick, Christian Wilkins play was scored a touchdown, right? Yes. A passing touchdown. It was scored a passing touchdown. It was originally recorded in all the game centers and all the play-by-plays as Christian Wilkins fumbled and recovered it in the end zone. And so uh there was a big question as to whether Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to lose a passing touchdown. He did not. And? He did did not. not. Okay, so that's done? Set in stone. I, there's he, uh, Thursday morning. I think is the end of the stat correction. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't think it. But will he be definitely now. fumbled that. I didn't even. <laughs> I, I missed. I mean, I remember that play. He definitely fumbled that before he got in the end zone, right? Right. Yeah, he did for sure. I I thought it was pretty close, but I thought I thought he fumbled it too. But uh, all right, fine. It's a touchdown, and congratulations, to all you Ryan Fitzpatrick owners. I I can't sit here and say for sure that Christian Wilkins fumbled that ball before he got in because there there was a possibility. Ben, since Heath didn't answer the question, I'll ask you. How was your Christmas? And how are you, sir? I mean, it was good. It was good. It was, uh, you know, a, a long, a long day. Me and the the wife, he got me some uh, matching pajamas for me and, and the wife and the kids. So I was wearing nice. a onesie for the first time since I was about six years old. So you know. all day long, like two other people's yeah. houses. Pretty much, yeah. To, to my in laws' house. It so you left the house like driving in a onesie. Yeah. Outstanding. That is fantastic. Driving. Wow. Yeah. Now I have a onesie. I have a Giants onesie, as everybody knows. Uh, going to the bathroom is a real pain in the butt. You got to unzip the whole thing, basically. It's it's a <laughs> it's a hazard. It's a hazard of uh, wearing a onesie. So just let y'all know. All right. Anyway, let's talk football here. Player you love for Week Seventeen. Player you hate for Week Seventeen. Heath, who do you love this week? Anybody? Oh, I love pretty much everyone. Week Seventeen football is the best that there is. I love. Daniel Jones, who's shown enormous upside three different times this season, should be playing from behind against a very bad pass defense. Jones is a top 12 quarterback for me this week. You know I'm going to clip, I love Daniel Jones, and just play it over (laughs) over and over again. Uh, Ben, who do you love this week? I'm going to, you know, relative to expectation, I'm going to say Damian Williams. I I think we saw last week kind of what, was all the hype in the offseason. He had a really easy 18.2 PPR points last week, playing 53% of the snaps. And you had Spencer Ware as the the number two, and he's now on IR. I mean, McCoy will be back, but I think it's pretty clear that Williams is going to kind of be their lead going forward. He's going to run routes. He's going to catch passes. He's going to get enough carries. He, he didn't have to be super efficient on the ground. He's going to have scoring potential. So, I yeah, I think he's a plug-and-play option for, for Week 17. All right, yeah, he's uh, he's getting that work, and as you mentioned, we're on IR, so that does not hurt him at all. Um, all right, so if it's uh, Damian Williams and Daniel Jones that we love, who do we hate this week? Ben, who do you hate? Who's the player you hate? 
Again, I'm gonna. Uh, this is kind of relative, but I'm gonna say Leonard Fournette. He popped up on the on the practice report as limited this week. He has the second most touches in the NFL. If anybody's gonna get rested a little bit in Week 17, maybe pulled at halftime. I think he's a pretty decent option. They have Ryquell Armstead, a rookie who's been backing him up all year and only has 34 touches all year. I could see them giving him 10 to 12 or more. And, and Fournette's been kind of dependent on a big workload all year. Ooh, okay. So I gave this stat yesterday with Jamie. Leonard Fournette in his last seven games is averaging 3.5 yards per carry on an offense in those seven games that is averaging less than 13 points per game. Heath, you do not hate Leonard Fournette, though. You have him in, the, in your top 10. Seventh in non-PPR, fourth in PPR. Yeah. Give me five words on that. Uh, he's been this good all year. He hasn't been this. He's been pretty bad for the last seven games. Are we doing rankings debates now? Um, I, we I, can, yeah. No, I just, I think Leonard Fournette's going to get 20 plus touches and I'm going to rank running backs that I expect to get 20 plus touches as top 10 running backs, almost universally. Okay, so who do you hate other than Ben Gretsch's Leonard Fournette opinion? Who, who, what do you hate this week? Um, I don't like. I don't hate Ben Gretsch near as much as I hate you, Bill O'Brien. Well, is I do. I hate. <laughs> um, and it's not like I don't really hate you, Bill O'Brien. But it's so much easier when we talk about yeah, the Bills are not going to play their starters the entire. Okay, just don't play any Bills. And the Vikings probably don't have anything to play for. But he's just been so open and vocal about how we're going to play to win the game. And I just don't totally believe him because they play at four o'clock. The Chiefs play at one. There's a very good chance they have absolutely nothing to play for. And I just can't believe he would play Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins the whole game. But right now I have to project it like he's going to. So they now project as must start options. And I just kind of hate the whole situation. I'm very nervous about the Texans. Yeah, it's interesting. I think the Cowboys had nothing to play for last year, and they went all out. They rested Zeke. In week 17. They they played they everyone Zeke. the whole oh, game, except they didn't play Zeke at all. Zeke. <laughs> because their and running back's more game. important than their quarterback. The I guess so. <laughs> and Blake Jarwin had like this amazing... Uh, was it Blake Jarwin? So one of their tight ends had this amazing... Yeah, game it was Jarwin. Like actually, it was Jarwin. He had like three touchdowns or something. Three touchdowns, year. yep. Mm, all right, start them. Uh, so, uh, okay, so those are the, those are the tricky situation with the Texans, certainly. We'll tell you about the other teams that might be uh, sitting players that you can completely avoid. We have three episodes per week during the offseason. That's going to be, be uh, beginning next week, actually Sunday night. We'll have a Sunday night, then a Tuesday, then a Thursday episode um, to get you through next week. Three episodes per week during the offseason, and then obviously we'll ramp it up as we get closer to the start of the season. You're not going anywhere. You're all going to listen throughout the entirety of the offseason. Uh, we also have our Facebook giveaway, a player that you will not draft in 2020. Get on Facebook. Get yourself a free T-shirt. Tell us the player you will not be drafting in 2020. And great job by Ben Schrager and Robert Thomas moderating that group all year long. Thanks to those guys. Thanks to all of you for being a part of it as well. Um, okay, so if we, which teams are we completely avoiding this week, uh, Ben? Just like Heath mentioned the Bills. They said they're going to play their starters, but... Definitely not going to play them the entire game. At least not Josh Allen. And we, you know, they'll, they'll be cautious. It seems they have nothing to play for. So when you make start sit decisions, any teams that you're just nope, not starting any of them. Yeah, the Bills are right at the top of that list. I think for me, the Steelers are on that list. We don't really know if the Ravens will play um, their their defensive starters for the majority of the game or not. But I just don't really like the Steelers' offense anyway at this point. Uh, so they're kind of on that list and the Ravens might be as well. I mean, if you think back to like most of the season, we haven't really known who on the Ravens will get the volume other than, you know, Andrews, but he doesn't always play the biggest role and he's been dinged up and, it, you know, he he may not play in this game. Uh, we don't really know if it's going to be Gus Edwards or Justice Hill at, at running back. So that Pittsburgh Baltimore matchup is another one I'm looking at and I'm just like, I don't really want to touch that game. Heath, anything else? Yeah, it's interesting because I don't really want to play any of the Ravens starters, but there are some Ravens that I might be interested in playing. I could definitely see a situation where if you were streaming tight end, you might want to stream Hayden Hurst. I don't think that this Ravens offense will just stop working altogether with Robert Griffin playing quarterback. And I, and I could absolutely pl see playing Gus Edwards or uh, Justice Hill. Yeah, so but what about the Vikings? What's the deal with them? 
I don't really want to use any Vikings. Um, we, I don't know at all what the deal is with him. I don't think we've heard anything. But you can't trust Adam Thielen. And Stephon Diggs, if he does play, might get five or six targets and might leave after the first quarter and might not play at all. And we all lived through the Mike Boone experience. So I'd prefer to just avoid all the Vikings. Okay. Well, there is a scenario where... Is it the Saints that might be playing a, a meaningless game? One of the teams that will depend on the The Sunday Saints are an game. early game, so it's not the Saints. They're a 1 o'clock game or a 4 o'clock? 1 o'clock. Okay. Because so... they play at the same time as the Patriots, because we were looking at that to see if Brady was going to try to throw seven touchdown passes to right, uh, pass right. Brady's. Mm. All right. Well, then, I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about. So, uh, let's... <laughs> Let's uh let's get into it then. Uh, injuries, news, and notes. Fantasy regulators and starts and sits for the AFC home games. Also, a little bit of dynasty tight end talk as well. Uh, let's do a fantasy regulators real quick though. Boop 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 boo. This is from Commissioner Ed. It's about stat corrections. I'm the commissioner of a 12 team league. The championship game came down to the wire. After the Monday night game ended, Team A had won the league championship over Team B by a score of 84.36 to 84, won by .36, pretty pretty crazy. I paid Team A his $1,000 the same night. On Wednesday, Christmas Day, I received a text from Team B saying that the score was changed and I gave and gave Team B a sack, going from zero sacks to one sack, which is worth one point in my league. All right, so that means Team B was then the winner. I decided to look up the stats for the game, and I found that they credited a sack against Kareem Hunt. Confused, I went to NFL Game Pass to watch all of the Ravens' defensive series. The play in question happened at the 210 mark in the second quarter on third and one. Mayfield pitched the ball to Hunt backwards, uh, a backwards toss constituting a run, and it looked like Hunt was going to pass, but he didn't because he was swallowed up behind the line of scrimmage for a short loss. By rule, since it was a pitch, it counts as a run and therefore shouldn't have counted as a sack for the Ravens DST. Since I didn't see a sack from the Ravens DST during the entirety of the game, I concluded that the score should not have been changed and that Team A is still the winner. Team B was adamant that I made the wrong decision because he argued that if it goes down as a sack in the stats and in the league, then it's a sack. I countered that it was a human error. Some statistician screwed up, right? Please help. I need some clarity. Ben, I know you're fired up about this one. Yeah, I just said I think it's pretty insane to to, to <laughs> go to with the uh, at, by rule kind of comment and go against the official statistician who clearly knows the rules. And and I, they do make mistakes. <laughs> we just led by talking about the Ryan Fitzpatrick thing. But this is a situation where they went back, changed it. They obviously look closely at the play, and you can get sacks on position players even after pitches. And in this case, they clearly ruled that it was. I don't think you can possibly justify not uh, adhering to what the official NFL stats say and paying out someone other than, you know, what the stats say should have been the winner. Um, TB. I, th- I think, like, first off, this commissioner trying to do the right thing. He paid immediately after week 16 was over. Already had all the money collected. So kudos to you. Also, like he didn't just say, no, they changed it. I'm too lazy. I'm not going to ask for the money back. He went and watched the tape, Ben, to see if there were any sacks. He knows the rules. He's probably got the rule book pulled up somewhere. He doesn't. Um, no, you definitely shouldn't do this. The, pro- the thing is that people have to accept, especially if you play in an IDP league, uh, stats are not objectively right. And tackles, the way they are kept track of is maddening if you're watching a close game on Monday Night Football because the difference between a full tackle and an assisted tackle is just completely arbitrary. Um, but that you have to, you have to have, use some sort of, unless your league has decided that you are the person that decides all stat corrections, I think you should probably pay out the guy that actually won. <laughs> yeah, Team B should get it. And honestly, it was a mistake to pay Team A immediately after because you have to wait for stat corrections. The game was decided by less than a point. Come on, you're better than that. Team B gets the win, gets the money. I hope Team A... Uh, team A probably spent it by now, so, it, you know, it's it might be... He a received point, it a day and a half before Christmas. He absolutely spent every yeah. 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 of it. Yeah. It's gone. 
Okay, big mistake then. All right, everybody, uh, we'll get into the games in a second. Hiring can be a challenge, as Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered. You know, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company. She knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. That's why she went to ZipRecruiter, because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Uh, ZipRecruiter's technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter, and she said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. And she also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus focus on the best ones. That's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first week, within the first day, pardon me. Uh, so you should see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Really, really great website, great tools, easy to use. Try it for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, news and notes. Josh Jacobs uh, reportedly had shoulder surgery, so we're not expecting him to play. I think he right. reported that on Instagram. Right. I believe him. Yeah. So it's probably going to be DeAndre Washington. Uh, Spencer wears on IR. We talked about that. Dalvin Cook was limited in practice. We don't, you know, teams didn't practice yesterday, so we don't really know what this means. I think we'll have better injury updates tomorrow, but probably not expecting Dalvin Cook in a meaningless game. No. The Rams apparently could rest some starters. So if we go back, Heath, to that conversation about teams you're avoiding, are you avoiding Rams? Currently planning on still using Robert Woods and Tyler Higby, but um, if we get more information on what this really means, then I, then I could consider it. You should be using Jared Goff, right? I mean, he's got the Cardinals. He's going to crush them like he did three weeks ago or whatever, He right? might crush them like he did three weeks ago. He also might throw three interceptions. Why yeah, would he, he throw play three half a game? He throws three interceptions about once every three games, and Arizona's defense has looked a little bit better here recently. They, not against Jared Goff, they did it. All well, right, that's that was tomorrow. Three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the Saints will reportedly play their starters. Drew Brees, by the way, was limited with a knee issue. Big news for the Patriots. Jason, you know, they, their pass defense didn't do so well against John Brown and Cole Beasley last week. Well, they were missing their slot corner, Jonathan Jones. Jason McCourty, another one of their cornerbacks, he left with an injury in that game. Both were practicing yesterday, and they get Miami this week. And Devontae Parker's had some really good games against some very tough opponents, but not New England. So I'm looking forward to talking about him. Uh, Chicago defensive tackle Akeem Hicks missed practice. Phillip Rivers was limited with a thumb injury. James Conner missed practice. Jamal Williams missed practice. Zach Ertz missed practice. Before we get into the games, let's talk Dynasty. I sprung this on you kind of late this morning, and I apologize. I hope you had time to think about it. Ben, a Dynasty tight end whose value is on the rise. Were you able to do your uh, late-breaking homework assignment? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, we could let Heath go first if he doesn't have a couple options. I, I mean, Mark Andrews, I think, is the the obvious answer we should probably talk about. Young guy, followed up a, a good rookie season with a good second year, is now tied to one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL who's clearly enamored with him, and he's his favorite target. So you, you got to like Mark Andrews going forward. Yeah, Andrews, I thought, was the obvious answer. My second answer was Dallas Goddard, just for a couple of reasons. One, we saw him take a bigger step forward in the offense this year, and I wasn't sure if that would happen this year or next year. Two, we're another year closer to Zach Ertz being old and a free agent, and so Goddard could actually be a reliable start, I think as early as next year, but definitely the year following. Yeah, it was a good year for tight ends because Darren Waller, I would say his value is on the rise. We don't know who his quarterback is. Okay, that was the obvious looks... easy one. Well, <laughs> Waller's 27, I think, and going to be 28 next year. So he's a really late breakout. I mean, something to consider. Yeah. Um, you know, I wonder about Jonu Smith maybe getting a bigger role. Looks pretty good. But Andrews and Waller yeah. were two of the best. Um, Higby right, was value another... down. He... Oh, Higby. Yeah, Higby. Let's yeah. talk about him because do you guys think this is legit? You know, He's obviously he's got the Cardinals this week. Gerald Everett, I think, played four snaps last week. I hope it wasn't one of those situations where they were just easing Everett back in, and now he gets more of a workload in Week 17. But Higby looks so good. Um, 
he had 100 yards last week, right? So that's four in a row with 100 yards. Yep. Yep. Uh, is is he um, is he legit? Do you think is he a, a fantasy starter next year? Borderline. I'd really like to know who is going to be on the Rams next year, because if Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Todd Gurley, and Gerald Everett are all still on the team, I'll have a like. There have been phases this year for the offense. Cooper Cup was a superstar for the first third of the year. Robert Woods had a stretch as a star. Gerald Everett had a stretch as a huge part of this offense. I'll have a low degree of confidence in Higby if everybody's back. Okay. I, I really right, like so the way you said that. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was Go gonna ahead. say I really like the way that he said that they've had phases. What we've seen from the Rams since McVeigh took over is different iterations of their offense, and Higby is is the a feature point of their their current iteration. But if they change things up a little bit, his value could could disappear immediately. So I, I think is you know he's obviously interesting. He's gone 100 yards four games in a row, but uh, I agree with he his value could disappear in no time. All right, he, uh, Ben, whose value is going down in Dynasty at the tight end position? So I put uh, a couple guys. I, I put Vance McDonald as my main one. He's was 29 going into this year, somebody that a lot of people liked as a popular sleeper. They lost Ben Roethlisberger. That hurt the whole passing game. We also saw Deontay Johnson and James Washington emerge. So even if Roethlisberger's back next year, that's going to be make it a little bit tougher for targets. Uh, but most importantly, yeah, he's, he's 29. A lot of people don't realize that. Had a concussion this year as well. Um, kind of on the, long, the wrong side of the age curve going forward. Vance McDonald going down. Who, uh, who else, Heath? I think Big this names might, here. might spark some debate, um, but I'm going to say David Njoku. He's still very, very young and still could have some sort, but I was treating him at the beginning of the year more like he is going to be a good tight end at some point. I, I understand he was hurt for a big part of the year, but the fact that he came back, played one game, and then was just a healthy scratch for a couple of weeks, there's clearly something that's not clicking with him, and there's now more of a risk that he's just like not on a roster at some point next year. Well, I, I think with Njoku, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard, they all seem like maybe a little worse. I, I mean, Ingram was really good. Oh, they, they were all he, fallers. Njoku just fell further for me than Ingram or Howard did because I had him pretty much right behind Ingram and Howard in terms of dynasty value, and those guys at least right. played football for most of the year. Henry, I might be being a little harsh on Henry. It's just been a, a kind of a slump at the end of the season. He hasn't really gotten that many targets. Um, Rivers has played very poorly, but I don't know where Ben. Where do you stand on Hunter Henry right now? I, I'm fine with him. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, slump it towards the end of the season. But when he came back from injury, there was a stretch there where he was dominating uh, volume. I think he led the the NFL's tight ends in in air yards for like a six week stretch and potentially targets as well. I mean, he was getting plenty of work. For me, that's just kind of sequencing. Things happen throughout the years where you know good games sometimes come before bad games. But I'm not I, like I think he's still stepping back and looking at the season as a whole, still on a on a positive upward trajectory for his career. Is he getting close to free agency? I don't. Yeah, maybe. Well, they didn't. Sign I him, show that he is an season. unrestricted free agent at the end of this season, and it's, and Philip Rivers. Maybe going at like I think there's a lot of uncertainty about Hunter Henry. I still believe in his talent, and I have not finalized my January update, but I anticipate Henry being in my top five tight ends uh, in the January update. All right, guys, let's get into Week 17. Here we go. Indianapolis is at Jacksonville. We are sitting Jacoby Brissett. We are starting Marlon Mack. He is top 13 in non PPR. Heath has him 20th in PPR. But, you know, Dave and Jamie are a little higher, top 15. You know he doesn't catch passes, but, I mean, the, the Jaguars are just the – this is the best matchup he could possibly have. So start Marlon Mack. Heath, start – oh, oh wait, I forgot we're going to do things a little differently today. I, I thought forgot. so. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> okay, so Dave Richard had this idea of we're going to introduce a game, let one analyst kind of take it away, say who he wants to start and sit – and then the others on the show will kind of, you know, banter about it, disagree, agree, whatever. So, Heath, I'll give you the honors here. Indianapolis and uh, and Jacksonville is all yours. Okay, I assume we're trying to do this in a quicker, more efficient way. So I will try to do that. We're going to start both of the running backs. Mack and Fournette are just easy starts. I don't really want to trust anyone else. But if I had to, Chark would be my favorite wide receiver in this game. I'm sitting T.Y. Hilton. I'm sitting D.E. Westbrook. I'm sitting Chris Conley. I prefer Gardner Minshew to Jacoby Brissett, but I don't really want to start either one of them. They're um, 
low-end streamers that you shouldn't need in Week 17, and I'm not playing either of the tight ends. <laughs> okay. Ben, hop out of there. I mean, I already kind of gave my case against Fournette, but I, I pretty much agree with that. I, I think you, you could consider Chark and Hilton, but um, Mac and four. I think you could start Fournette if you don't have other options, but I'm concerned that he, his workload gets limited a little bit. I mean, look, the, the proof is in the pudding here with Leonard Fournette. Okay, this is where he's finished in non-PPR, in PPR. Forget, like, non-PPR has been horrible. In PPR, in his last seven weeks, he's been RB 29, 35, 1, 28, 31, 28, and 20. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's that's non-PPR. All right, let's just start. <laughs> PPR. That wasn't, that wasn't. That's actually better than I would have guessed in non-PPR over the last six weeks. <laughs> he's pretty much been starting uh, most of the time. Uh, not really. He's been 28th or worse in five of seven games. That's terrible. He was 28th or 29th in like four of those. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's not really someone you want to start. I mean, RB twenty eight. That's also with the that's also with the full workload, and he's got three hundred and forty something touches now, and he's limited this week going into week seventeen. Jaguars have nothing to play for. Like you take that, and then you worry they maybe they bench him at halftime, and they let Raquel Armstead I, take the second half. I, you know, I will, I will say this: if he actually has a practice where he's limited later in the week, then I will take that more seriously. I think the limited thing was just an estimation of what he would have been if they had practiced on Christmas. Yeah. And so but it's just odd because yeah. he wasn't on the injury report last week. So why would they add, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm reading into that maybe a little too much, but I mean, I, I'll agree with Ben if he's limited on Friday. How's that? Okay. We accept your terms. Now, I, like I would definitely in a non PPR league, start Marlon Mack over Leonard Fournette. So would Dave and Jamie. I don't think that's the case for Heath. In a PPR league, it's definitely harder because Leonard Fournette could easily get five catches and, and Marlon Mack could get zero. So I know where Heath stands on that. He'd take Fournette over Mack. I probably would go with Mack because I just think he has a better chance to score and he might score twice. Uh, ben, who would you take in PPR, Mack or Fournette? I, Mack as well. Okay. Yeah, I, so let's talk about... Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're, you're good. Yeah, no, okay, I, just, I agree. Right. I agree for the reasons okay, great. that you said. Let's talk about the wide receivers, Heath, because um, you said Chark is your favorite in this on out of everyone, including Hilton. Yeah, I don't. I'm just not using T. Y. Hilton. Like I, mm-hmm. he's not someone I'm really even considering. Ben, do you have a favorite wide receiver in this game? It's probably Chark. Um, Hilton's a huge question mark as well for me. I mean, I I, I could see using him maybe more like in DFS, but uh, like in a, a huge GPP because he's probably not going to be very popular. But, um. Chark would be the the favorite. It was so weird that his okay. snaps went up and he got four targets last week, but I just, like, this is really a season-long thing for T.Y. Hilton. If it wasn't for the fact that he scored five touchdowns in the first five weeks of the season, it we wouldn't even view the injury as an excuse for him being called a bust. He does not have a game this season with 90 yards receiving. He's not right. been a good wide receiver other than the fact he scored some touchdowns. Well, he he also just doesn't really get the targets. Brissett, you can't imagine Brissett's going to be throwing that much in this game, so it's just not set up well for him. And um, I, I'm actually like, we we got to talk about this, Heath, because right now you have DJ Chark. I'll refresh the rankings, but I see him tenth. That's him probably tenth. true. You have to remember, I did not work yesterday. We get rankings Why? out on Tuesday morning, and it's week <laughs> seventeen, and so this is just what the projections say. This is what DJ Chark has done this season. The matchup is not one you should be scared of. DJ Chark is a top twelve wide receiver. I mean, he's a top twelve wide receiver for the season. Okay, fair enough. So, he, uh, all right, makes sense. Okay, let's move on then. Um, and even though the Jaguars have been terrible against uh, tight ends, we're not starting Jack Doyle. Uh, the Colts DST, by the way, is worth using. They're 10th for Dave and Jamie. They're 13th for Heath. The SeatGeek app is also worth using, everybody. Get on the SeatGeek app and use the promo code FFT to get 10 bucks off your first purchase. All right, we got plenty of games to be going to. There's basketball. There's playoff football. 
Spring training's right around the corner. Oh, SeatGeek's great for spring training. Our baseball listeners tell me all the time that they use the SeatGeek app to go to spring training games. And you can use that promo code again. It's FFT for 10 bucks off your first ticket purchase. If you haven't used it, look, you may not need it today, but just keep it in the back of your mind. The next time you want to go to an event, sports, concerts, comedy, theater, whatever it is, you want guaranteed seats, you want a great price, you want a website that brings in tickets from all over the web, you want one that cares about the customer service experience, you want one that I I use all the time, you want SeatGeek. So download the app. And again, that promo code is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. FFT, the promo code on SeatGeek. Miami at New England. Uh, would you start Devontae Parker or DJ Chark, Ben? And then I'll let Ben break down this game. I would probably play Chark over Parker. I, I think you can play Parker. We know Fitzpatrick's going to sling it around. We know he's going to throw it down the field. If they're down late, he's still going to be throwing, trying to put up points. Uh, there's definitely some potential for some garbage time production, but you don't want to use any of these Dolphins passing game weapons against New England for obvious reasons. I think when you when you look at breaking down the game on New England's side, Got to think Sony Michelle is going to get a little bit of extra work than usual. I think he can still use James White. Mohamed Sanu played, I think, maybe 100% of the snaps or 96% last week. He's back into like a really full role. I think you could use Sanu. And then Edelman, obviously, if he's healthy, is the other receiver that I would use. I'm mostly staying away from everyone on Miami side here. Okay. Heath, uh, how do you feel about Parker specifically? And, I think yeah, you can use the last Patriots game as um, in two different ways to say start or sit Devontae Parker. The last time he played them, he had seven targets and did not catch one of them. Since that game, he's the number four wide receiver in fantasy. I, I <laughs> and can't, he's been great against the Bills twice, great against right, the Steelers. I can't like, really, I, yeah. like, maybe Where do you have him ranked? 15th. Like he's a he's a so high end number two wide receiver. That the nice thing is, like it's not like Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to drop back and say, "Oh no, Devonte Parker's covered. I should just check down or something." No, he's just going to throw it up, and Parker's going to have to go try to make some plays. I'm predicting a pretty bad game. Like Amari Cooper didn't have a catch. Tyreek Hill had a bad game. At least you know not one that you really want to start in fantasy. Like Gilmore's the best, and they'll probably give him some safety help too. Remember, like there's, like I said, their secondary was banged up last week against the Bills, uh, and John Brown obviously I got lucky with that one big play, but I'm just not. I'm nervous. Uh, I'm nervous. I hate it. I really hate you for saying John Brown got lucky with that one big play. <laughs> like that. Well, John he Brown had ran one a spectacular play. route it's and beat true. the it's best true. corner in football for a touchdown. Let's not say he got lucky. Okay, fine. His fantasy managers were a little bit lucky. He didn't do anything outside of that one big play. So I, you obviously sure. have to be nervous about Devontae Parker. Um, but, yeah, number four. That's a great stat. Number four wide receiver since that New England game. Um, all right, so who would you flex? Would you flex Sony Michelle, James White, or Devontae Parker? Parker. I. He'd be last for me. I, I, I completely agree with what Adam just said. I don't want a shadowed Stephon Gilmore receiver who's been inconsistent in his whole career and is on a hot streak. I mean, it's, it, I'm what, not doing that. Are I'd we going to say, like, <laughs> next year, are we going to say he's on a hot streak? Or if he has to do it into week one next year, and then we'll acknowledge that maybe he's better than he was the prior four years? No, no I mean, I used to be a huge fan of his. The guy's well, athletically right, gifted. He was very good in college. I mean, it, yeah, and he had a great hot streak in his in his rookie season. Uh, but then, yeah, inconsistent for several. No, years but I'm asking: at what point will will we accept that Devontae Parker is a better football player? And at what point does it stop being a hot streak? Next year? Uh, I think <laughs> like, you can accept it now. Sure. I, I guess my main point is just that I don't think he's suddenly better than Stephon Gilmore or better than the receivers that Adam just mentioned have struggled with Stephon Gilmore. I mean, if we're concerned about Amari Cooper or Tyreek Hill. I'm not I'm not Devontae Parker's not a top five receiver for me that can be matchup proof right now. Yeah. He's good. Oh, we can, right. we can have... arguments both ways. I just so, don't, I think uh, this is probably more of a Ben being a lot higher on Sony Michelle and, and he has seen a lot more work the last two weeks. It's just I still view him as a touchdown dependent running like he's just a touchdown dependent flex for me most weeks, especially in PPR and non PPR maybe he's a low end number two. But he's still not mm -hmm. been very good on a per carry basis against some pretty bad run defenses. I uh, gave some stats on Sony Michelle yesterday. I'll give him again because you know I know it's Christmas and 
people might have missed that episode. I know Heath and Ben were not on that episode. So in his last eight games, Sonny Michelle does not have a touchdown. In those eight games, he has one carry inside the five-yard line. And he also has one carry at the five-yard line. So let's say two carries from five yards or closer. Uh, and, you know, Rex Burkhead has two touchdowns in that span. Brandon Bolden has a rushing touchdown. James White has a rushing touchdown. Michelle has none. So it seems like based on the last two games, 20 carries is realistic. He had 19 two weeks ago. He had 21 last week. 90 yards, right around that, each of the last two games. Um, against Cincinnati and Buffalo, run defenses are actually probably not that dissimilar to Dolphins, but Dolphins are probably a little worse. Um so, yeah, like he could have like 20 carries around 100 yards. Will he score? I don't know. But, uh, I mean, is that realistic? Do you think 20 carries for about 190 yards, let's say, for Sony Michelle? Does that sound right? And then we I hope think, for a touchdown? I think nine non PPR points is a very good projection for Sony Michelle. And maybe okay. now that I think about it, I would probably start Sony Michelle over Devontae Parker in non PPR. Yeah, I, I think Parker's prob- probably going to score 10 at least in PPR. But, um, yeah, I would probably start Michelle over Parker and non. Okay. So would you start James White or Devontae Parker in PPR? I'm not sure if we quite answered that. I would start James White probably over Sonny Michelle. You said in PPR? No, over I, over Parker. Over Parker. Yeah, in, in PPR though, right? Yes. Or non. In PPR, yeah. I mean, it's, James well, White. In non, non, it's a little bit riskier, but... Um, I would start White and PPR over Michelle and then Parker is kind of the way that I would rank them. But I just want to add with Michelle, yeah, 21 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown against Miami last time. I mean, that's basically what I'm expecting this week as well. Something very similar to that. It's just all about whether he scores the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, so did we talk about Tom Brady, by the way? Because he is uh, top 10. I I don't (laughs) want to talk about it. Like, I don't want to make a call on him. (laughs) I don't think I could start him. Really? Yeah, I I do think that there's like a 15 to 20% chance that he throws five plus touchdowns. Right. Um, Because because of the breeze thing. Yeah. Like, I think there's, there's (laughs) like, especially if we get to halftime and he's got three and breeze doesn't have any, his game, he's only two back then I absolutely think that he's just going to embarrass the Dolphins in the third quarter with like four touchdown passes. All right, let's do Brady or Brady or Jared Goff against the Cardinals. Oh. Uh, Brady, especially now that they're talking about resting starters, because if they're going to rest anyone, I'd assume it'd be first Gurley and then second Goff. You got to get Blake Bortles some playing Bra- time. Sure. Brady or uh, Russell Wilson against the Niners. I'm going to play Wilson. I've got Brady one spot higher. I don't feel good about it. Wilson will probably end up higher than Brady. Okay. All right, then. We're done with this game. Patriots DST, you can start him. Mike, you know, actually, Mike is sicky. Like, the, the Patriots, if they have a vulnerability on defense it's a, in the passing game, it's, it's it's probably tight ends. So, like, it, Heath, is Gasicki uh, anywhere near your top 12? Oh, I think he's 12th. He is right on the, uh, on the precipice, yes, of the top 12. Okay. All right. He's okay. Uh, let's go on to our next game then. It is the Chargers at the Chiefs. And the Kansas City defense has not allowed more than 17 points in five straight games. Heath, tell me about the Chiefs and the Chargers. Yeah, so I'm going to start Mahomes. I'm going to sit Phillip Rivers. I, I'm pretty much fine with starting Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, and Damian Williams in this game. I would rank them Eckler, Gordon, Williams in PPR. Um, as far as the receivers go, it's, I think it's pretty, like the one that's hard is Mike Williams. You're starting Tyreek. You're probably starting Keenan Allen. I don't really want to start Mike Williams. I would expect that Ben will like him more than I do because he does have the big upside. He does have tons of, uh, air yards. Chiefs have just been pretty tough on wide receivers and his, his targets have been terribly inconsistent. Um, and I'm definitely, I mean, I mean, obviously starting Kelsey, probably starting Henry too. I actually agree with him completely. I in my notes I have a lot of a lot of starts, all those names that he said, and then I wrote Williams is maybe a sit. Mike Mike Williams at Kansas City, like he said, been very good against downfield receivers. Uh I would trust Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler as the underneath options more uh than I would trust Williams to hit on some big plays. All right, look, this is a really tough matchup for the Kansas for the Chargers wide receivers. You you can be a little comforted by the fact that 
Keenan Allen did catch a touchdown, had a good game against the Chiefs last time. That game was in Mexico. In seven home games for the Chiefs, only Cortland Sutton has more than 60 yards. Only BC Johnson has caught a touchdown in those games in Arrowhead, so it won't be easy. That's why I have absolutely no interest in Mike Williams. But yeah, I think Keenan Allen, is, especially in PPR, is just very consistent, usually gets the targets and the catches, probably about 70 or more yards. Um, the Chiefs run defense, you know, maybe it looks like it's been a little bit better, but really they're just not getting run on a lot. And that's kind of interesting for Melvin Gordon because in his last three games, he has 12, 7, and 9 carries. Now, it's kind of like um, you take the good with the bad because in his last three games, he has 5, 5, and 6 catches. So he's still getting the touches, and that's probably better for fantasy anyway. Oh, for uh, sure. But is, is, there any, is there any hesitation? And Eckler, Eckler hasn't really been that good great the last two weeks either he's had the catches but the total yards have been a little low um i don't know is there any hesitation with these chargers running backs or they just no question about it starts start him yeah i don't have a lot of hesitation on him either all right uh damian williams or marlon mack mack for sure and non-ppr i'd go damian over mack and ppr agreed now i i am making an assumption and we'll know this early I assume they're going to give LaShawn McCoy one more week inactive to have him fully rested for the first round of the playoffs. But with Spencer Ware going on IR, there's a possibility that if they make McCoy active, that will tell me they don't really want to give Damian the feature role. And then I would probably drop him a little bit further than I have. He wouldn't be a must. Well, what do you define as feature? Because with Ware, he was still played over half the snaps. Right. Um, I would assume if it's just Damian and Darwin Thompson, he's going to play like 70, 75% of the snaps. Got it. Like, I don't think 55, (laughs) I don't think 55% I wouldn't call feature, but 70% I sure would. Who would you flex Damian Williams or Keenan Allen? Ben. That's Keenan Allen has a tough matchup and yeah, I, that, that would depend on if McCoy's active. I mean, I do agree with Heath that there's a lot more upside for Damian if McCoy's inactive. I, I think you can still start Damian if McCoy's active. I still expect over 50% of the snaps and for him to be good, but that's the situation where I'd, I'd go with Allen instead. I'm pretty sure Allen has a pretty good track record against Kansas City as well. Um, not that that, you know, that's just kind of a, a, a side note data point more than something that you should rely on, mm-hmm. but I, I do think Allen will will be targeted plenty in this game as they'll have a harder time getting the ball down the field. And final question on this game, Heath. Um, Tyree Kill, top 10 in both formats. He also has a tough matchup. He got hurt in the first game, barely played, but the Chargers give up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. How do you feel about Tyree Kill in DFS? Uh, good tournament play, bad cash game play. All right. Kansas City DST is fourth for Dave and Jamie. Twelfth for Heath. Come on. Move him up, Heath. Yeah. Twelve's fine. <laughs> All right. They're playing I well. I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're playing well. I don't think they're great, though. Okay. Um, all right. Here we go. Cleveland at Cincinnati. Ben Gretsch, you are on the clock. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, Mixon and, and Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati are both solid plays at this point. I think you can play John Ross, maybe more of a DFS play, but his snaps tipped up, ticked up uh, quite a bit last week from roughly about 50% to, to the close to full-time snap share. So uh, saw a ton of air yards, saw a ton of downfield volume. Now last week's game against Miami is not the greatest, you know, barometer because Andy Dalton threw for 400 yards. But uh, I, I do think the Bengals offense looked Good enough last week that you can certainly use a few of those guys. Uh, on the Cleveland side, it's, it's kind of the same as always. Chubb, Landry, um, Hunt in PPR, and and I, I think you could still use OBJ. So I, I would probably use him if I was you know in a cha- Week 17 championship and had him and didn't have any other great alternatives. Why do you keep skipping the quarterbacks, man? What do you think about Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton this week? Oh, yeah, I, I like them both. I mean, I think Cincinnati last week showed us they can play in, in shootouts, and maybe that had more to do with Miami's defense and Miami's willingness to throw, but um, it could be a game where we see a, a little bit more passing volume on both sides. I think this might be a little bit more of a higher-scoring game. I got I got some issues. I got some issues with the Ben Gretsch analysis there, but I'm going to let Heath jump in first, and then I'll, then I'll get in there. Heath, what do you think? Well, I've set the bar pretty high when it comes to these quick um, analyses of the games. Um, I don't (laughs) want to start the quarterbacks very much. I would choose Andy Dalton over Baker Mayfield. 
I agree with most of the things Ben said about the skill position players, except I'm not really that interested in playing Odell Beckham. I don't, don't like if somebody was going to sit out part of a game, I would think he would be a pretty good candidate with the uh, health woes that he's had and the upcoming surgery that he has. So uh, I would try to stay away from him. Okay. I mean, I think Chubb and Mixon are, are obvious starts yeah. and they both should be awesome. Um, Landry, you're going to start. Boyd too. I, I, yeah, if he plays. I know he's got beat up a little bit yeah, last week. Um, so Kareem Hunt is one that scares me a little bit here because the way I see this going is a lot of Nick Chubb and they. I don't know that they're going to need to throw the ball that much to Kareem Hunt. Um, who's, you know, last two games, he's been uh, very uninvolved. He's got six carries in the last two games. So that's kind of disappointing because he was getting like, you know, seven-ish carries. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm a little nervous on, on Kareem Hunt, you know, and, and the rankings have it that way. The rankings have him outside the top 24 in non-PPR, between 20 and 24 in PPR from Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And I think that makes sense. Uh, would you rather start, you know, James White or Kareem Hunt this week? I think it's close. The rule of Cincinnati all year has been you can beat him on the edge. And Nick Chubb had, a, I think, a really good game against him last week. I don't, or last time they played, I don't have that pulled up. But uh, this is the, the matchup where I mentioned to you, Adam, where we would see when New England played them, see James White catch some swing passes and do some things. Now, New England was smart, did that. James White scored on that. Cleveland, I would argue, he, he had like, he had like. He had like three or four catches, though. Like he had that one play, yeah, but he really didn't do that much. Yeah. But as I remember. Yeah, and I and I would argue that Cleveland is one of the worst coach teams in the league right now, and, and very well may <laughs> not take advantage of that. So uh, I, I think your concerns warranted, but I think there's also value to the play if he gets opportunity uh, to make some plays on the edge. He's been really good, Kareem Hunt, I, this year. I, I think there is some some real risk of this coaching staff doing what they did the last time they played the Bengals. And that was they got ahead and just did not throw the ball. 24 pass attempts for Baker Mayfield the last time these two teams played. They also only had the ball for about 26 minutes. So, you know, and Mayfield was terrible. I, like, I, May, Mayfield has mostly been worth starting when he's had good matchups. The Cincinnati game was a huge exception. And then he really didn't play that well against Arizona. He garbage timed his way to 20 points. So I, I understand the hesitance there, but well, like he's um, like, when you say mostly he's like what four for six, three for five, four for six against the absolute worst defenses in the league. Uh, he that's, 17 that's a, points at the jets. Uh, that's questionable. Bad match. No, that's 20 not questionable. That's Seattle. terrible. <laughs> no, no. Questionable. If it's a good matchup, oh, bad okay. matchup okay. or not yeah. the Jets. Uh, 20 points against Seattle, usually give up around 20 points to the most quarterbacks. 29 points against Miami, 10 points against Cincinnati, 20 points at Arizona. So I would say three out of four or three out of five, he scored 20 or more. But, but you know, not only one big game in that yeah, he's just bad. of those matchups. Could be. And maybe it's not his fault yeah, that he's bad. Be. Maybe maybe Ben could be right. It could be mostly Freddie Kitchen's fault. Um, but yeah. whatever the reason is, it's not changing for Week 17. So we're going to go with Daniel Jones over him? I would pretty easily, yes. Okay. Um, Jared Goff. I'd Aaron start Andy Dalton over I'd him. take Aaron Rodgers. Andy Dalton. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Carson I mean, the Lance Bengals past, he okay. just gave up, uh, what, 400 yards and five touchdowns last week? Yeah. So th- that is a no. Well, it depends, depends on the Christian Wilkins play, Ben, you know? Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. So. <laughs> Okay, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up. How about Odell Beckham or Sony Michelle? Sony and non PPR for sure. Right and non, I think I'd still maybe lean. So uh, I don't. I'd probably play OBJ and PPR (laughs) now that. Do you like Beck? You like Beckham or Parker more? I'd play Beckham over Parker. I think I I expect Parker to catch like four passes for thirty yards. Let's go to Houston and Tennessee. Obviously a very big game for the Titans and not such a big game for the Houston Texans uh, in all likelihood. So, Heath, I'm going to give this one to you. What do you think, Tennessee uh, and Houston? I'm just going to do this taking Bill O'Brien at his word as much as I don't want to. So I'm starting both of the quarterbacks. I do prefer Watson to Tannehill. You are obviously starting Derrick Henry if he is active. I don't really want to start the Texans running backs, Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. If I had to, I would choose Hyde over Johnson. 
As far as the receivers go, Hopkins is an absolute must play. A.J. Brown is not far behind him. You're absolutely starting him as well. I don't feel great about trusting any of the tight ends, despite Darren Fell's incredible touchdown rate and Jonu Smith's occasional big plays. Ben, your take? Yeah, that was pretty good, except he didn't put A.J. Brown uh, as the overall number one wide receiver and also in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, the rest of it was pretty good. (laughs) I mean, would it be safer to just start A.J. Brown over DeAndre Hopkins? Yep. Oh, are are we no longer doing the taking Bill O'Brien thing at his word? No, I don't think we should. I mean, I I think they're going to play, but I don't know how much they're going to play. Okay, let's let's just this this will make it easy. If we get no new information whatsoever and Bill O'Brien keeps saying the same thing and you have both of those wide receivers on your team, you can wait until the very last minute. If the Chiefs have beaten the Chargers, then I'm probably starting A.J. Brown. Right. Because uh, then a note on Brown, is locked in. Yeah. A note on Brown got shattered 100% of, the, of his snaps by Marshawn Lattimore last week. Lattimore hasn't been amazing all year. He gave up some plays early in the season. He's been really good over the last like six or eight weeks. He guarded Brown on 100% of his snaps. Brown still scored on the end of round, and then he only got two targets. They, you know, Tannehill was going other ways, but he did also beat him for like a 40-yard catch late in the game. This week, the Texans don't have anyone like Marshawn Lattimore. AJ Brown's going to go back to being the lead target. At, like Tannehill was just locking into him two weeks ago. I expect that again this week. Yeah, and he was really good against the Texans last time out. And, you know, Heath, your ranking of Tannehill is a little bit low. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to change. You have him tenth, a little bit lower than I thought. Heath, uh, Jamie, and Dave have Ryan Tannehill third. So uh, yeah, I, I think you know 28 or more fantasy points in what like three straight, four out of five. Uh, come on, let's get him. You got to be higher than ten. Oh. I'm okay with moving him higher than 10. I, I have no disagreement. You just tell me the guys that I should definitely move okay. him ahead of. Should I definitely move him ahead of Jameis Winston? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yes. No. No, yeah, ben says yes. no way. Okay. Should I definitely Excuse me. Move him? Wait, hold on. Well, we have one game where Jameis Winston has not had Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, and he stunk. He scored like 10 points. He's got actually a pretty tough matchup. The, the Falcons are playing very well. That's a no-brainer. Tannehill over Jameis. He threw for 335 yards. He threw the most air yards of any quarterback in any game all season. So yeah, he threw four picks, and he was, but he was, he was still chucking the ball around. Like, and he, he only needs like only needs like 559 yards to break the <laughs> passing yardage in a season record. And I think and Bruce Arians right, would like it. to I mean, be a part. I think Bruce Arians would like to be a part of that. All right, baby. All right, I would take Tannehill though. Safe. Okay. Um, what about Russell Wilson? That's close. I would. I would take Tannehill. Carson Sorry, Wentz, Carson Wentz well. against the Giants. Oh boy, I think I'd take Wentz. Uh, Dak take Prescott him. against Washington. I would take Tannehill after how bad Prescott was and seemingly hurt Prescott was last week. Uh, Patrick I Mahomes. I, I am the opposite of Adam on everyone. <laughs> Mahomes is over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd take Mahomes, but I I think just. I think I would start him over to Sean Watson. I would start him over because of the uncertainty of the of the playing time. I I if, would start him over Watson. If I if we could get to a point to where like the Chiefs had already beat the Chargers, then I might agree with that. The Chiefs the Chiefs have already beat the Chargers. Heath. By the way, uh, any interest in Kenny Stills? Deep flex. Okay. Uh, all right then. That's uh, I think that's that game. Yeah, that's it. That's an easy game. Johnu Smith or Mike Gesicki? Gesicki. Johnu. Okay. All right, let's go to the Jets and the Bills. Ben, start uh, this game with uh, just tell us, are we sitting all Bills, and then how do we feel about the Jets? Yeah, I, I'm i probably not going to play any of the Bills. I don't trust them. Um you know, we I don't think we really have any confirmation, right? But I don't I don't think they're really gonna play a lot of them. For the Jets, it's interesting because we don't know whether the Bills will play their defenders. If they're playing their defenders, you can't really be that optimistic about any of the Jets. Uh Le'Veon Bell would probably be the best option as somebody going against the the better matchup, going against a, a weaker run defense than a pass defense, but not really anybody on this passing game that I want to be targeting against the Bills defense. It's kind of a game I'm just going to avoid. Okay. Heath? For the for the most part, I agree. I kind of want to start Jamison Crowder. 
Um, I really don't think they're going to play Tredavious White the whole game. Like maybe the first half, they would be really not smart to play him. And so if they're playing backup corners, I think that this could be a sneaky good game for the Jets passing game. So as of right now, I would start Crowder and Bell is a high-end flex. I like Bell a little bit more than that. Look, he's got 88 or more total yards in five of his last seven games. He complained about not getting the ball, and since then he's gotten the ball. He's gotten 20 carries in two straight games. Uh, Buffalo's run defense isn't very good when they're starting everybody, so I can't imagine it's going to be very good here. He just never scores, and the Bills don't give up touchdowns, but that's like the regular Bills defense. I actually think there's a chance for Bell to score in this game. Obviously, that's going to make or break his game, but I, I think he's got a pretty safe floor. Um, I like I like Le'Veon Bell. I think Dave has him a lot higher. Like you and Jamie Heath have him around twentieth, and Dave has him top twelve. And I'm kind of with Team Dave. Uh, Heath or Ben, where do you come out on Le'Veon? Yeah, no, I mean I I'm probably more in the in the on, on the Team Jamie and Heath side on the lower side of that. I think you kind of ah. hit on it. He like he's gonna get plenty of volume and he'll probably get plenty of total yards, but. Um, there's also the potential that they, they mix in the other backs a little bit more. And I, I just don't feel good about how his touchdown scoring potential just, I mean, you basically hit on it. Um, it's just not a, I've trusted bell too many times this year. So Heath and Ben let's start with Heath. Would you go with Le'Veon bell or Jamison Crowder in this game as a flex Crowder bell? Would you go with Le'Veon Bell or Marlon Mack in PPR? Mack. I'd play Mack, too. One more. Would you go with Le'Veon Bell? Or let's uh, let's go NFC. Let's go with, like, DK Metcalf against the Niners. Bell. Bell. Okay. Buffalo DST all over the place. Seventh for Jamie, 19th for Dave, 11th for Heath. Couple more games, I think. We have Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Who's up? Heath, you're up, right? I am up. Um, you're not starting any of the Baltimore Ravens that you normally start. That doesn't mean you can't start any Baltimore Ravens. Robert Griffin III is a fantastic option in a two quarterback or super flex league. I think that Hayden Hurst is someone that's certainly streamable at tight end. I'm currently ranking Gus Edwards as a startable option in non PPR. Kind of like Sony Michelle. I don't really want to start him in PPR. I feel pretty good about starting him in non-PPR. Uh, Justice Hill is an upside flex, but I do expect for Edwards to get more touches. I don't really want to start a Ravens wide receiver. I'm not particularly interested in starting any Steelers. Uh, James Washington would be my favorite wide receiver. He's maybe a number three in non-PPR. You hope he catches one long pass. And I think Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels are going to chop it up too much, along with Kareth White, for any of the Steelers running backs to be good. Ben Gretsch. Yeah, you asked at the top what game I was kind of avoiding or teams I was avoiding. This is one I noted. My biggest uh, issue with Heath was was him saying that Robert Griffin is like a really good super flex play. I think that's pretty risky. I, I don't know what we'll get out of Robert Griffin, especially with backups. Against, uh, I still think a good a good defense, even if the Steelers do rest some players. I don't trust Griffin this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was my issue with Heath too. How about that? Because like the Steelers <laughs> need this game, and their defense is awesome. I don't really see an RG three, but he hasn't played that much. But when he has played, he's had twelve carries for twenty yards. So it's not like he's just going in there and running Lamar Jackson's offense with Lamar Jackson style. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a brutal matchup for uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. No Brandon Williams for the Ravens, their defensive tackle. He's going to sit. They also might sit two of their best offensive linemen, the Ravens. So that's another strike against their offense. I guess the big question here, because a lot of people might, if you're playing in Week 17, you might want to start Gus Edwards. Mark Ingram is hurt right now. So that makes me question, Heath, how much they're going to play Gus Edwards you know, yeah. he might be their bat, their workhorse in the playoffs. It might have and to come I, down to that. I don't know. I, I kind of thought that we had passed the point of worrying about that. And if we hear something over the next two or three days that changes my mind, then I would certainly think Justice Hill would be a better play than Gus Edwards. 
But my understanding from what we've heard so far is that it's considered a minor calf strain. He gets this week off. He gets next week off. I've not heard anything that suggests he might not be ready for their first playoff game. All right. Calves are tricky cats. We know that. So uh, where do we, I'm sorry. I must have missed this. Where do we come out on Deontay Johnson um, versus James Washington? I assume Johnson would be the the preference here. And I actually did just talk about that yards. during my preview. Yeah, I know. I'm. I miss it. I'm so I apologize. I missed. <laughs> what did you, you say? said? The opposite of what you said. The opposite of what you're saying. You said Washington would well, be the preference well. if he had to play. <laughs> Why would Washington? Why would Washington be the preference? Washington is is uh, is uh, Mason Rudolph's guy. He doesn't do anything I, with Duck Hodges. No, that's not true at all. He caught a long touchdown pass from Duck Hodges. Um, what? I, I think that Washington is the most likely player to make your week on one play. And I think that's the only way you're probably going to have a good receiver in this game. All right. And uh, which DST do you guys prefer in this game? Ben, I'll go to you first. I mean, that's a a really good question. I want to play them both. I think this game's going to be like 13-10, AFC North, grind it out kind of game. Uh, probably I would take the Ravens because they're at home. I tend to lean towards the home side uh, when I look at DSTs, but I don't think the Steelers are a team to avoid at all. I think they're a great DST option as well. Yeah, I've got the Ravens second and the Steelers third. I think that the (laughs) Ravens still have the better quarterback and they're at home. So I'm going to go with the (laughs) Ravens defense. All right, and listen, you haven't heard this prediction. I made it on Tuesday. I made it on Wednesday. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you here on Thursday. The Oakland Raiders are going to make the playoffs. Everything is going to fall into place for them. All four games that need to go their way are going to go their way. Um, I think probably the Texans beating the Titans is the one I'm the most <laughs> concerned about. But that is our final game. Oakland at Denver. And this actually was should have been higher up in the notes. I'm sorry. This is a, this is a good game to talk about for fantasy here. Uh, so Jacobs is likely out. Ben, you get the first word. We're going to sit Derek Carr, but let's start with uh, DeAndre Washington. And uh, Look, the Raiders' run defense is actually pretty good. 3.96 yards per carry, but they are bad in the passing game. Um, I'm sorry, the, Raiders? The, uh, the Denver run, def- the Denver run okay. defense. But they've been, they've been worse lately. I kind of mixed up my stuff. They've been worse lately. There we go. Let's go with that. Anyway, uh, kick it off, Ben. Uh, Raiders and Broncos. I, you know what I think is going to happen if, if all those scenarios occur and this would just be so Raiders is the Raiders then lose. They get everything, all the help they need, but <laughs> then they lose their game in, in dramatic fashion at the end. Uh, I Look, I, I would play DeAndre Washington, absolutely, if Josh Jacobs is out. Um, he had a solid game last week in, in a not, nece- not necessarily good situation. Uh, I... I think you can start Hunter Renfro. I'm not loving it. He had a lot of yards after the catch on his long uh, touchdown last week. Not somebody that I expect to be going for 100 yards. He's going to be more of a lower yard per reception type guy typically. Um, And Tyrell Williams also just not a guy that I'm going to love in this matchup against Chris Harris. And Darren Waller is negatively impacted by Hunter Renfro. So I, I don't love the Oakland passing game a ton. Uh, I, I still think you're probably starting Waller. He's basically one of five or six tight ends that we've we've had that have seen consistent volume all season. Uh, on Denver's side, Cortland Sutton's tough because Drew Locke has not been very good getting the ball down the field. They've been kind of throwing underneath more. Uh, I still want to use him. I, I really trust his talent, so I probably will use him, but I, I can see sitting him if you're loaded at receiver. Philip Lindsay is... Close, you know, talking about milestones, close to going over a thousand yards, I believe, and he would become the first undrafted free agent to do so in the first two seasons of his career. So that would be something that I would expect him to be trying to go after, and expect the Broncos to to kind of be helping him go after. He's somebody that I would consider as kind of a low end RB two flex, kind of in his typical range because he doesn't get a ton of the receiving work. And then I don't know that I can go to Deshaun Hamilton or to Tim Patrick or even know a fan as far as the additional Denver passing options. I don't really buy into Drew Luck very much. Anything to add, Heath? No, I think uh, I mostly agree with what Ben said. DeAndre Washington or Philip Lindsay, who do you guys like better? Lindsay. It's close. I think I'm going to take Washington. It is very close. I have him within like three or four spots in my rankings, so I agree with that. I just like Lindsay a little better. Okay. Yeah, he's had uh, 15 or more carries, 16 or more carries in four of his last six games. There have been only six running backs all season that have had 15 or more carries against the Raiders. 
and all of them, except for Leonard Fournette, rushed for 83 or more yards. Four of them scored at least one rushing touchdown, so that's usually a good sign. But Philip Lindsay is so hard to trust. Uh, and he's, he has, in his last four games, they combined 17 receiving yards. That's not very good. And that's, to, that's, you know, that's a vulnerability of the Raiders, but he won't take advantage of that. All right, then. Uh, Cortland Sutton or Devontae Parker? I'll take Sutton. I, I, I would play Sutton as a player that I think has more ceiling if Locke just throws up a jump ball to him in a, in a more beatable matchup. Um, Parker will probably get more of those throw up balls, but I, I just, those downfield balls. But I, I think it's I just don't <laughs> see the the ceiling for Parker throw up throw up balls. Yeah, I gotta love those. <laughs> uh, Heath, Cortland Sutton, or a running back in this Denver Oakland game. Um, in non PPR, I'd take both running backs. In PPR, I'd take Sutton over both running backs. Well, but Washington's pretty involved in the passing game, no? He is. Yeah. He's not bad in the passing game. It's just when you're talking about running back versus wide receiver, and I've got all three of these guys ranked in the teens of my rankings, and a teens running back is going to be a lot higher than a teens wide receiver in non-PPR and vice versa. Yeah, and he only had two catches last week, I guess. Three weeks ago, he had six catches. All right, that's it for the show. Thank you to Ben and Heath. we got eight more games to preview. That's coming up tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. Hope everybody had a great holiday, and we'll keep the good times rolling here. Uh, we'll come back at you on Friday. See you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.